All right, hey. Good morning, everybody. Can you hear me? All right, good. Hey, good morning. I'm, I'm so glad to see you. Uh, if you're a guest here, I want to uh, be like the 36th person to say welcome. Uh, we're really glad to have you. If you don't know me, my name's Josh. I have the privilege to serve as the lead pastor here at Church on the Rock. And today, I am going to um, finish a four-part series with part number two. And that's never happened before in my lifetime, but it sounds just like God to do that. So if you've been with us for at least the last couple of weeks, you'll know that two weeks ago, uh, the Spirit of God just began to move in this room in a pretty incredible way. And I just felt it, it was during the middle of the very last song at the front row, I just began to feel like, God, I think you're trying to do something different. And he certainly was. And we basically turned church into a prayer service that day. And we just allowed people to just receive prayer and be ministered to. Uh, I've gotten lots and lots of incredible feedback from people about how much they needed that and how important that was for them. And so I'm glad we were obedient to the Spirit. And so that just sort of like nixed uh, part two that I had already written and prepared. And then last Sunday, um, I was uh, sick and I just, I could not make it, which... I've been leading this church now for almost 12 years. It doesn't feel that long, but it's true. Uh, and I've never been too sick to be at church. In fact, I've preached to you sick more times than you would know. I just sort of suck it up and figure it out, and then I go crash later. Sun last Sunday, that was absolutely not an option. And so I want to thank you for all of your prayers for me. I got overwhelmed with just text messages and emails and phone calls and people you guys love me and you care about me. Thank you so much for praying for me. I really do appreciate that. Um, yeah, I want to thank our incredible serve team. You guys are just remarkable in the way that there's a lot of things uh, in my absence that just have to modify, like on the fly. And a lot of people did not know that I wouldn't be here until that morning when they arrived. And I just want to give credit and thanks to the serve team for your just incredible serve in the way that you are. And I know that a lot of you are not even in the room right now because you're still serving or whatever, but I just want to thank you guys for that. I want to thank the Church on the Rock staff uh, for being so amazing and so responsive. I was down for days and days, and so it wasn't just Sunday that my, my vacancy was a reality. It was kind of through the week. And so I just really want to thank the staff for being amazing and still serving our church the way that you do. And then I'm going to finish by thanking Pastor Aldrich, who stepped up last kind of minute. Um, I believe he's up in the balcony somewhere. I see him there. Um, for just stepping up uh, kind, of, kind of on short notice, I, I sent him a text very early last Saturday morning. And I said, hey, I just, man, I think you need to get ready. There's a chance. There's a chance. And then at 4.30 last Sunday morning, I said, the chance is here. Uh, there's no way that I can go. And, and he did an amazing job of just stepping up and leading our church well. It was an incredible response. So thank you, brother, for stepping up and serving our church well. Amen. Love you, man. Yeah. All right, so I want to get right to it. I feel like there's a lot to cover, and so I want to jump right into it. And so what, here's what happened. Honestly, if you go back to week two, when I was over there and the Spirit of God was just doing a thing in the room, I'm probably the only person in the world that's asking God, yeah, but what about the, all these messages? Like, I'm, the, I'm like saying, like, God, I want to be obedient, but like, wh how's this series going to work out now? And so this past week, there was a marriage, and I said to one message, I said, do you message, take this message, and then do you message, take this message, and they became one in Christ. Jesus. I, I had a map. I had a plan. I knew exactly how this series was going to flow from start to finish. 
and, and God just, just decided that's not how it's going to work. One of the guys in my life group said, Pastor, I think Josh might be trying to teach you uh, to have less control. Uh, maybe, he, maybe he wants you to let go of some things. And I said, I think you might be right. I don't like it, but I think you might be right. And so what I want to do today is I'm going to do a quick recap because uh, if you've been here this month, that, that message that we began at the start of this month probably feels like forever ago, right? And so I'm, I'm going to recap quickly to get our minds back in this concept of double-barreled. And then I'm going to, again, take sort of a couple of messages. I'm going to sort of marry them together. Uh, and then I'm going to try to just bookend this thing. So, so we've got part one and part two at the very start and the very end of our month. Does that sound fair to you guys? All right, so, so let me start here. John chapter 1, verse 14. This is the verse that created the concept of this series that we're calling Double Barrel. The Bible says this about Jesus, that the word, notice that the word, word is capitalized. It's because it's in reference to Jesus himself. And it says that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the Father, and I want you to notice how he came. The Bible says that he came full of grace and truth. So I want to emphasize that Jesus was not heavy on one and light on the other. Jesus came to us filled with grace and with truth. It, I, this is the way we're saying it. He was double-barreled. It's, it's like staring down the barrel of a gun that has two of them, and one is grace and one is truth. And what I love is that Jesus wasn't, wasn't like particular or picky or like, well, a little more truth this time or maybe a little more grace this go around. He was full of both always. And that was the title of my message, both always. Because I think as followers of Jesus that we sometimes ask a question that maybe we shouldn't be asking. And the question is, well, should we lean more toward grace or should we lean more toward truth? And the idea of part one was, well, it's both always. I don't think we should lean this way or lean that way. I think we should stand right in the middle. And we too, as followers of Jesus, should be full of grace and truth. Amen, everybody? Here's, here's a couple of points that I made. Um, I said this, that truth without grace is mean. Truth without grace is just mean. But grace without truth is meaningless. Like It, it doesn't matter. So if all I ever do is bring the truth to you, well, that just feels harsh and overbearing. But if all I ever do is just so grace, and no, oh, don't worry about it, and it's okay, and I never bring the truth to you, well, that's a dangerous thing, too, because it's, it's not helpful. How many of you guys know we need the truth? How many of you guys know we, that we need grace? And I think that if you are in this room or tuning in online and you're a follower of Jesus, you would have experienced both of those things already. Now, if you're in this room or tuning in online, and you're not a follower of Jesus, hang on, because I'm going to talk to you in just a little bit. I want you to listen all day, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to meet Jesus at the end of this service. But I want to get us started today. I want to go, I've just been digging into John chapter 1. The gospel of John is, for whatever reason in recent history, becoming more and more appealing and alive to me. But I want us to notice John chapter 1. We're going to read verse 16 and 17. Watch this, watch this. The Bible says this, out of his fullness, being God, out of God's fullness... We have received grace in place of grace already given. I just want to pause right there. I know you can see my highlights on the screen and all, but let's just pause right there. Because here's what's being communicated 
is that those of us who are lost and separated from God, which is all mankind because of sin, we were given this grace of the law, so like this opportunity to get right with God by sacrifices, worship, and certain things that you could do, and protocols, and hey, let's don't do these things, and we got to make sure that we do these things, and all the, the, all the things that the law encompassed, the Ten Commandments plus, 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 just all kinds of things, that was grace. Like that was more than we deserved. Because of our sin, we deserve death. The wages of sin, the Bible says, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And so the Bible says that we have received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, which was the original grace. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And I love the fact that in this verse, and I can't make this stuff up, y'all. I can just talk about it. That there is a fullness, and that fullness is grace and truth. And it's almost as if God said through Jesus, like, I've given you something good, but if you'll give me that back, I'm going to give you something better. It's grace for grace. Let's make an exchange. And so I want to dig into this a little deeper this morning. Can we do that? And so in, in the first installment, I called the, I called the message, Both Always. And today I'm titling my message, Both Barrels. Because I want to show you, and I believe this, I have looked in Scripture, and I'm not an expert, I'm still a student, so please, you know, all my Bible scholars, if you find something that I'm claiming isn't there, or whatever, you just send me an email, and we'll talk about it, because I always want to learn God's Word. But I want to show you that I see an order always in place in Scripture. I th everywhere that I find grace and truth, grace is the first word, and truth. Everywhere that I see Jesus serving people, I see where Jesus shows them grace first and then truth. And so I want to take you to one example in Scripture today that we're going to look at that's going to help me unpack this a little bit. And some of you might be familiar with this story. It's the story of the time that Jesus met with a Samaritan woman at a well. And so I'm going to set the stage and then we'll get into some reading. So Jesus and his disciples have been uh, doing some ministry. They've been serving some people. Man, they're just, you know, they're just doing what they do, right? And they've got to transition from one location to another. And Jesus says, hey, on the way, we're going to travel through Samaria, which was something that Jewish people wouldn't have done in that time. And we're not getting into all that necessarily today, but they just wouldn't have done it. They would have avoided it. Uh, it's kind of like, I want you to imagine if you were taking I-95 North, you have a 295 bypass, correct? Like, like you could go around it. Let's just say that traffic's bad uh, on 95. You could go around it in either direction. Most Jews would have just taken the bypass. I could still get there in a relatively amount of, a good amount of time. We just won't go through Samaria. But Jesus says, we're going to go there. Uh, let's just go straight up 95. And when they get there, the disciples say, all right, this is whatever, this is cool, you're the boss. Uh, but hey, uh, we're going to go find some, some food, we're hungry. So they take off to McDonald's or something, and Jesus pauses at this well. And this lady comes, it's about midday, the Bible says, and this lady comes, and she is coming to draw water from this well. And then Jesus says, hey, can I have a drink of water? Would you mind giving me a drink of that water that you're going to draw and we'll pick up right here. John chapter 4, verse 9. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew, 
and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think that you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoy? And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks the, this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It, became a, it becomes rather a fresh bubbling spring within them giving them eternal life. That might be my favorite sentence in this story. It, became, it becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come down here to get water. And then Jesus says, hey, go get your husband. And she responds, verse 17, I don't have a husband. And I just want you to notice how this goes. And Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you've had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You have certainly spoken, what did she speak? The truth. Now, if there had been a crowd of people around in social media, this would have been the moment where everybody went, ooh, like burned you. That's, a, that's exactly what would have happened because what Jesus says to this woman has some gravity. It probably touches some sensitive spots in her story and in her life. I mean, it is like a bombshell of truth. She's like, hey, yeah, I don't actually, I'm not married. And he's like, no, yeah, like I know because you've married half the town, okay? I'm, and I'm elaborating here a little bit. But he comes out with it. And it's like this moment of like, dang. And at first glance, it would almost appear that Jesus started with this heavy truth. But he didn't. Not at all, in fact. I'm going to break this down for you as quickly as I can because we don't have a lot of time today. But the, but the very first thing that we read was that she was surprised because Jesus was even speaking to her. In fact, I would imagine that as she was walking toward that well, she was surprised to even see a Jew there. And then that Jew decides to speak to her, and the Bible just told us that they didn't have anything to do with each other. Racism at its height right here. We don't connect, we don't talk, we don't do life together. And then to go further to that, Men typically didn't have much to do with women, particularly Jewish men with Samaritan women. And the context of this story is interesting because there's a lot of, there's a lot of commentaries and, and scholars and writers who believe that this, the middle of the day, would not have been the time of day that anyone would have gone to the well to draw water. It's hot. It's the hottest part of the day. A lot of people believe that this particular woman would go to that well in the middle of the day because no one else would be there. People believe that it was the shame of her story that would cause her to go in the middle of the day because she may have been an outcast with all the other women who were probably going to arrive in the evening. And here is this Jewish man who shows up on the scene, who engages with her in conversation, 
who shows care and concern for her, who asks her. He doesn't say, hey, woman, get me something to drink. And, and I don't know, but in this context and in this time, maybe that would have been something that would have been more of an expectation. But he asks a question, would you mind getting me something to drink? I'm pretty thirsty today. And the shock and the surprise of first him being there, secondly, him talking with her, thirdly, him engaging in a conversation with her, and she continues to go natural. Well, how are you going to draw water? Like, what do you mean ask you for water? How you, gonna, you don't even have a bucket, and you don't have a rope, and Jesus never goes back there. Jesus stays on the spiritual the whole time, and he begins to speak life into this woman. And then when he makes the statement, hey, why don't you go and get your husband? This was like the hook. This is it. If you'll bite right here, I'm going to reel you in to who I am. And she says, I don't have a husband at all. And he says, no, I know, because you've had loads of them, and now you have some guy that's not your husband. Now, we're going to jump ahead in the story to verse 28, and I want you to notice what happens. The Bible says that the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone. She's trying to communicate to everybody. Now, this is the woman that is believed to be the outcast, the social awkward sort of, sort of side story, the one that might not be accepted in a lot of circles, and she's in the public square, the Bible says, telling everyone. And I want you to notice what she tells them. Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. That is a powerful statement, is it not? Here's what she goes back and tells everybody. Come see a man who told me the truth. You gotta come see you have to come see. I'm convinced that she was willing to go back and tell everybody, put herself kind of out there and say, you got to come see this guy because he just told me the truth like I've never heard it before. And I'm convinced that she was confident enough to do that because of the grace that he paved the way with. And then the Bible says, she even asked the question, could this possibly be the Messiah? Is this him? And so the Bible says that the people came streaming from the village to see him. And if you continue the story in your own time, you'll find that they were just soaking it up. Jesus, tell us more, tell us more, tell us more. And I believe with all of my heart that, that grace, the barrel of grace, paved the way for Jesus to have the opportunity to provide the barrel of truth in the Samaritan woman's life. And it not only changed her, it changed a region. So what I wanna do is I wanna break it down. I've got I've got a handful of points that I want to give you this morning. If you're a note taker, uh, you want to write some things down uh, today. You can take pictures of the screen. You can get your phones or devices out and, you know, do the thumb thing or whatever you prefer. But I'm going to start this morning. I want to talk to you about the barrel of grace. All right, let's just start there. We're going to talk one barrel at a time, the barrel of grace. And here's my first point that I believe with all of my heart. I believe that if we do not lead with grace as followers of Jesus, no one will receive the truth. I, can, can I, like, I'll probably pedal here the longest because this is where I think the church, by and large, misses it the most. Here, here's what I think is that I think that, a, that, that the church, not, when I say the church, I'm talking about us. I'm talking about you and me. I'm not talking about structures. I'm not talking about buildings. Uh, I'm talking about the people who follow Jesus. That is the church. And I think that this is where the church tends to miss it the most. Because once we're in Christ Jesus, obviously we have it all. 
Because we have security in Christ. We have treasure in heaven. The, the Bible says, Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I mean, we have this life, and then we get, we get in, involved in the body of Christ, the church. We get connected, and we start serving, and we start giving, and we start taking steps, and we join groups, and we're a part of Sundays. And somewhere along that line, we become numb to the reality that we're still broken without Christ. And what tends to happen is, is I'm going I'm to pedal here for a second, but what I believe tends to happen, and I'm not talking about us, I'm not talking about you, I'm, I'm talking about a generalization of just the church that, that I think can, can miss this, is what we love to do is we love to get into our church services like this, and we love to open up these Bibles, and we love to stand and pounce on a few verses that we've learned. And we love to say things that are profound, and they're truthful, yeah, and then the other people are like, yes, amen, this is exciting. And we forget how important it is to think about grace to those who haven't connected to the truth yet. And I think that if we're not careful, we will get ourselves into a place where we're losing the opportunity to connect to, the, to those that aren't in Christ because we've created a club where we just all see it the same way and we just all agree and we just think the same way and we vote the same way and we pray the same way and we do it all the same way. And then rather than have an outreaching church, we have a little social Christian club. And I'm just going to preach to us today, okay? And my heart is that Church on the Rock never be seen that way. Ever. I believe that if we don't lead with grace, no one's going to receive the truth. Look what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 4, verse 5. It says, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Verse 6, let your conversation be what? Always full of grace. When should we be full of grace? Always. 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 Hey, be wise. Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders. Make the most of those opportunities. Be sure that you're always full of grace all the time. So sh should the church lean toward grace? No, it's just both always. Right now we're talking about the barrel of grace. And I see this in Jesus' behavior over and over and over and over again. And if we're not careful, we will lean away from grace because we just want to drop the hammer of truth on people. Just want you to hear the truth. And, and can I just, can I stay here for another moment? Can I, can I get on a, like a soapbox, maybe preach a little bit? Do I have your permission? Okay. Because this is where, I, like, this is my heart. This is my heart. And I've heard people that would debate certain things. And I've heard people say, Jesus would say, repent. Jesus would call people hypocrites. Jesus was all, he was just give them the truth. But can I remind you of something? He's Jesus. Okay? That's who he is. I'm a follower of Jesus, but I am not Jesus. And here's what I've noticed. This is just my personal study. What I've recognized, and I would have unpacked this last week, but it didn't work out that way. 
that when Jesus was dropping those hammers of truth, he was responding to truth with truth. You know who he was doing it to? The church. Every time. They would come to him and they would say, here's a truth. And Jesus would just respond with truth. It was like he was just going tack for tack. Okay, yeah, that's truth. But hey, here's truth. And there's a significant difference between Jesus and us. Because Jesus has the platform to be able to say, hypocrite. I don't. One of my mentors says, hey man, let's remember not to judge people because they sin differently than we do. Now this doesn't mean that just everything's okay. and You can't judge me because there's a barrel of truth. We're going to talk about that. But as we approach people... With, with this message of Jesus, we should always be full of grace. If we do not lead with grace, no one will receive the truth. And here's the truth. The truth of Jesus is grace. That's the truth. It's, 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 this, it's this complicated, profound reality that's hard for us to even understand. But you want the real truth? The truth is grace. Like, Jesus is the one that's like, oh, yeah, you're the one that's had five husbands and you're sleeping around right now? That's cool. Come hang with me. Jesus, look at, his, look, at, look at his story. Who did he hang out with? Who did he invest in? Who did he call to get close to him? Who did he have dinner with? Who did he lounge around with? And he was called out for it all the time. Because the truth that he wanted to show these people in their lives is that I'm filled with grace. And you're not too bad, and your past isn't too checkered, and you're not too jacked up, and you don't have too many problems for me to invite you to be close to me. Ephesians 2.8 says that God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. And let me tell you something. In order for you to believe in Jesus, you would have to have understood the truth. But he saved you by his grace. And so there is the reality, this barrel of grace, that I think as followers of Jesus, that we should be thinking all the time, how can I lace the hope of Christ Jesus in grace? How can I just show, how can I do it the way Jesus do it? Grace and truth. I want to be full of both. Now, let's transition to the barrel of truth, because it's a real thing. You guys remember uh, the, the woman with the issue of blood? I, you, you remember that? And, and she, or excuse me, excuse me, I'm, I'm telling you the wrong story. You, you guys remember the woman who was caught in the act of adultery? John chapter 8, and the religious people drag her out in front of everybody, and, they, and they, this is where they throw truth at Jesus, and Jesus throws truth right back at them, and they say, the law says to stone her, what do you say? And he's like, yeah, that, and so Jesus hears this truth, and then he just responds, great, start throwing rocks, but the first one that's never sinned, you start. Truth for truth. And they're all kind of like, and they make their way, right? And then Jesus, and, and listen, I'm, I'm having a hard time even talking about this because when Pastor Derek talked about this about a month and a half ago, he's, he's so powerful, bro. I got so much from that message. You should just go back and just on our YouTube and just, you'll see Derek's picture and just click and just watch that message. It is so unbelievable. But, but then Jesus goes to this woman, and, and the Bible says that he, he, after everybody's gone, he, he gets down at her level, and he says, hey, um, hey, where are your accusers? And she's like, well they're, well, they're gone. And he said, you mean nobody's stuck around here to accuse you? 
No. And what did Jesus say? Well, neither do I. Grace. But you know what Jesus said next? Now. Now go and leave your life of sin. Or some translations say, now go, sin no more. Jesus didn't say, it's okay, girl. It's all good. I got your back. Jesus said, hey, 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 of all the people standing around here that had the right to throw rocks, it was me. But I chose not to. Grace. But listen, I want you to make a change because you're called to more. You're better than this. There's hope for your life. And if you'll change these things in your life, you'll experience a freedom that you've never had before. Jesus was setting her free by truth. But the only way she was able to receive it is because he first pointed the barrel of grace. I'm not here to condemn you, but I'm here to transform you. I believe this. Listen to me, follower of Jesus. This is you. In order to speak the truth in love, you must be in love with the truth. Look, look what the Bible says. Jesus answered, I am, he's identifying himself, I am the way and what? The, the truth. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Nobody can come to the Father except through me. What I love about this is that Jesus identifies himself as the truth. Let me tell you something. Truth has a name, and his name is Jesus. And I think that there are times that we just want to, man, I want to, I want to proclaim the truth because truth matters. Because if we don't know the truth, we don't have hope. But if I'm going to proclaim the truth in love, I have to be in love with the truth. Can I say it this way? I've got to know who God is. And I've got to know who God is more and more and more and more and more. This is why the Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesians in chapter 1. He said, he said I keep praying that you would know him better. I just want you to like, know God more and know God more. And so what sometimes, and I, this isn't you, right? This is the other Christian, right? But sometimes what happens is, is that we know God a little, and then we get a complex that makes us holier than everybody else, and we just want to start shotgunning truths out there to everybody because somehow we have elevated ourselves to the place where Jesus is. He's the perfect one, not us. But if I'm going to proclaim the truth in love, and listen, as followers of Jesus, we should, then we have to be in love with the truth, a.k.a. Jesus. A relationship that is constantly cultivating and growing and deepening and enlarging. It's not a one-and-done situation. It's a thing that perpetually moves in our hearts and in our lives. And the more and more and more and more that we know who Jesus is, the more truth and the more grace we begin to understand. In fact, that when we deliver truth, it will always be preceded by grace because we will learn to be full of both of them. Why? Because we're in the presence of the one who is those things. Amen. This is why the relationship with God has to cultivate constantly. It cannot remain stagnant. As soon as it stops flowing, as soon as it stops growing, is when we become self-righteous. So in order to speak the truth in love, you must be in love with the truth. Now, that was for all the Christians. Now, for those of you that are listening in the room, whatever, that are not Christians, this one's for you. In order to receive the truth, you must hear the truth. Can I, t can, can I just say something to all of us? We all have issues. We all have issues. 
But there is a true delineation in Scripture between people who are in God and people who are not. There is a delineation. People get upset about certain things. They, they get upset like, well, you shouldn't refer to non-Christian people as the lost, but the, but the Bible does. It's what, it's what the Word of God refers to, like, like you don't know where you're going. We read a scripture this morning that referred to those who aren't following Jesus as outsiders. To which you might say, well, so what? So you have something that I don't? To which I would say, yes. But the best part is, if it's available to me, huh, it's available to you. Jesus wouldn't give this to me and not give this to you. He wouldn't call me his son and not call you his son. He wouldn't invite my daughter Janelle to be his daughter and not invite you to be his daughter. Are you kidding? That's just not who he is. And, and, if, and if I'm going to receive truth, I've got to actually hear truth. Because listen, listen to me, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to upset somebody right now. You ready? Brace yourself. This idea that society is perpetuating of your truth, that's bogus. That's bogus. It is. It is. And I'm sorry if that bothers you. Because the truth has a name. His name is Jesus. And I'm encouraging you to just soften your heart. Be willing to consider that maybe he has something to offer you that you've never experienced before. Look what the Bible says. That he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Can I tell you, can I tell you, can I, can I pontificate a little bit? This means not everybody's listening. Not everybody's going to hear it. Not everybody will receive the truth of Jesus. And that is a heartbreaking reality. The follower of Jesus, Church on the Rock, what if we just chose, man, with everything in us, with every effort possible, that we would be a church, because we're just a part of the church, right? That we would just be a church of people, that we would just live with both barrels, both always, that we'd be full of grace and truth. Full of grace, full of truth. Full of grace, full of truth. And remember, we are not Jesus. We are followers of him. I'm going to finish here. Two, two more verses that I want to read, and we're going to close today. And th these are to reinforce each barrel. The barrel of grace and the barrel of truth. The Bible says in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see... Watch this, that it is his kindness that is intended to turn you from your sin. I mean, both barrels are in that verse. It's his goodness that leads men to repentance is how some translations would read it. It's his goodness. It, the grace leads us to truth because you need both barrels. And here's where I want to finish because I think that there may be some of you here today that you've had ears to hear. Today, you've listened. You've said, ah, I, th 
think I better understand what the church is supposed to be. I think I better, under, I better understand who Christ Jesus is. And I'm gonna finish right here in John chapter eight, verse 32. The Bible says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Can I read it again a little differently? You will know Jesus and Jesus will set you free. Truth has a name, Church on the Rock. His name is Jesus and he lives double-barreled. He is the barrels. It's our responsibility. It's, it's on us as the body of Christ, as the ambassadors of the gospel to the world, to follow in his likeness and point both barrels all the time that we would be full of grace, we'd be full of truth because Jesus, man, the truth is grace. Amen, everybody? Hey, every head bowed and every eye closed. Somebody looking around, we do this, I do this this way every single weekend. I just, I just wanna simply invite you, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I wanna invite you today to know the truth. To know the truth. My prayer is that you've experienced his grace since you've been here. And whether you're in this room or you're tuned in online, I just want you to know the truth. I want you to know Jesus because Jesus has transformed me. Jesus has transformed dozens, hundreds of the people in this church. And what I know is that he'll transform you because he wouldn't do for us what he wouldn't do for you. And so if that's you, I wanna invite you right now, wherever you are, to just make a decision. And the decision is simple. But in this moment, you're saying, my life is yours. I will follow Jesus. I'll invite you into my heart. I'll give my life to you. This is exactly the decision that you're making. And to solidify that decision, I would love to lead you in a prayer. And we say this prayer uh, every, every weekend. I, I do, this, I just like to do it this way. And church, you know how we do it, I always ask everybody, would you just say it out loud with me? Because if you're saying it for the first time, I want you to be able to say it really loud and boldly and confidently. This moment is your moment and we're here to support you. I want you to say this prayer, say, say dear Jesus, I give you my life, all of it. Come into my heart, forgive me of my sin, wash me, cleanse me, make me new. All that I am is yours, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, can we put our hands together? Hey, if you said that prayer, congratulations to you, okay? We're excited for you if you're online. We're so excited. Church, let's stand together as we close today. I want to just end in prayer. I want you to know this, okay? Here's what's about to happen is uh, I'm going to say a closing prayer for our service. We will be officially dismissed. We do have prayer partners, though, and you guys uh, can make your way toward the front if you want to. And what's going to happen is some house music is going to come up because we just know that some people, man, it's like, I need prayer. I'm in church, and I want somebody to pray with me. And if that's you, I want you to know that we will have partners at the front and they would love to pray with you and they will take all the time necessary to invest into your life and pray about the situations uh, that you might be facing. We also have uh, a connection card. Can, will you hand me one of those connection cards, my brother? This is the co-leader of my life group right here, Josh Ward, everybody. Thanks, brother. Love you, man. Um, we have a connection card. 
here, and, um, and I want to make sure that, it, like, if you have a prayer request that you want us to continue praying for, man, please fill this out. The bottom of this, that's what it's for, and we would love to just pray with you. We have a prayer service every Tuesday morning from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., and we will be in prayer, and these get prayed over by the people that attend, and then they also get prayed over constantly by our prayer team members, and we would just love to agree with God and prayer for you. Amen? Okay, last thing I'm going to say, this is important, and listen to me, Church Rock. listen up. I know some of you are checking out, but listen up. I don't know why y'all listen to Pastor Aldrich, and you don't listen to me, okay? Because Pastor Aldrich says, hey, if you've made a life change decision, you let us know, and then you do. And then I say it every Sunday, and you're like, Psh. So will you listen to me too? Listen, if you're in this place and you've made a decision today, you know the truth, you're following Jesus, we want to know that. We want to know that. You can let us know on this connection card right here. There's a box for it. Maybe you've reconnected to God after some distance or time away. Whatever it is, please let us know. Maybe you want to take the next step of, of being baptized. Please let us know. That all happens right here. Or if you're just too technologically advanced for this archaic thing in your mind, okay, fine. You can do all of this stuff on our website, cotr.live. You can text the word REBORN, okay, to 97,000 if you made a life change today. It's going to connect you to the same thing in a digital format. We just want to know. Is that fair enough, everybody? You, you got it. Don't leave me hanging. Don't leave me hanging. If you met Jesus today, I want to know either like this or I want to know like this. Fair enough? Can we do that? All right. All right. Let me close this in prayer. And again, I'll remind you, prayer partners down front, if you would love to receive prayer. Father, we love you so much. And I thank you for this incredible church. What an honor and a blessing it is, Lord Jesus, to serve them, God, to do life with them. Thank you so much for the way they grow and inspire me, the way that they serve others, Lord Jesus, the way that they lead groups and do uh, relationship and life together. What a blessing it is. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name over us as a church that you would help us to be double-barreled believers, that we would live full of grace and full of truth, just like you, Jesus. Help us to know the truth so the truth would set us free. And Father, we pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. I love you guys.